Welcome back, fellow spy nerds, to the Spies Like Us podcast, the podcast where we talk about the representation of tradecraft on screens, large and small. I'm Todd. With me, as always, is David. What up? David, what do we got today? We've got episode three and four of Slow Horses, starring Gary Oldman. Apple TV production um, has... Sixth episode, it's a six episode miniseries. The sixth episode did just come out. Uh, we'll come back and uh, handle episodes five and six next week. Um, also got, uh, of course, Jonathan Price in here and uh, uh, a couple other people that we know from other movies. There's this one Scottish guy from, or other TV series. Um, but yeah, uh, episode two left us with uh the journalist Hobden and by the way I don't think I don't think we're gonna go and uh, review like what the show's about uh you should you should check back with previous week uh, to catch up on that but where we left off uh River Cartwright and uh I don't remember her name Sid Sid yeah uh had gone to... Hobden, journalist Hobden's house to actually see what is actually on his laptop that he's so worried about and trying to get the word out about. Uh, and a masked man shows up, or a masked man is actually there to kill the journalist, and they intervene, and it looks like Sid is shot. Uh, at the time, looked I was guessing dead, but uh, it looks like she's going to linger on through in the emergency room through these a couple of episodes and, and like she's was, not uh, well but she's like alive <laughs> she's not well she's not conscious yeah <laughs> she's pretty much in a coma yeah <laughs> sure so um i forget exactly where this episode picks up uh in in my uh synopsis notes you know it says she's taken to the hospital by mi5 security operatives Mm-hmm. who detained Cartwright, but I don't remember seeing that happen. I think he just wakes up in a in a weird room or something. You want to you want to tell us how this episode starts out or uh take You know, it? I think you're right. I think he was basically detained and being watched and he ends up having to get broken out by Lamb. Um I th- I think the that's just the kind of carryover from the previous episode. Uh but I think the the actual episode starts out with um uh, I don't remember their names. Min, I think, is the guy. Oh, right, yeah, Min, Min, and Louisa. Louisa, that's right. Uh, you know, we talked last time about how they don't like that pub quiz guy that always wants to go out, and they kind of have their own drink together. And I guess Min uh-huh. is getting a divorce, so they kind of hit it off and end up going back to Slough House uh, to make out and carry on the rest of the night together because uh, I guess they got liquor there. Uh, and that's when a uh, masked man is, they hear noises and they discover a masked man and they get attacked uh, through the tussle. The masked man falls down the stairs and breaks his neck only to find it was Moody the whole time. Um, and, and I guess last week we had talked about his meeting with Diane Tavner um, that she wanted him to do some things. And one of those things was to remove the bug he planted so I think among the many things he was supposed to do at Slough House, he was in the process of cleaning up after himself, and they walked in. Um, right. 
So, I mean, and we we can infer that he was the guy that attacked Cartwright and Sid. Correct. And that's actually what they end up determining later. And that's that's kind of the I think that's what the show wants you to think right off the bat. And then and then it's kind of confirmed later. In fact, they uh, have a phone call from Tavner. They either call her back being the only phone that number that's called that phone or she calls the phone and they answer. Uh, but that's how they realize Moody's been working with Tavner. Right. Do you think it's, do you think it's smart? I was wondering for Moody to like wear his like full, I don't know. He's wearing um, like combat gear and, and a mask, the same that he was wearing at the reporter's place. Like kind of wondered why he's still in, in gear uh, when he comes to the office. He's not, I mean, he's not expecting anybody to be there. Um, but if someone was there, it, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, maybe could it have been smarter to just say it's Moody? It's me, Moody. I'm, I work here. Well, since there are cameras, I'd be concerned of walking into Lamb's place, especially since Lamb lives there, right? Right. I think everybody believes he lives there, whether he does or he doesn't. We're still not sure, but (laughs) that's probably why he's coming in masked. Oh, this is our first indication that Lamb ever leaves the office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about cameras. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and we know there are cameras cause, uh, what's his name? Ho. I think mm-hmm. his name is Ho, the, the hacker guy. Yeah. Anytime you see his computers, there's like five or six cameras watching that are okay. in the office, I believe. Right. Um, so Moody's not only there to, to, clean up after himself he's there to grab uh lamb's uh book it money like he told he told um yeah uh god damn it what's her name tavner. there's so many characters he told <laughs> tavner he knew all about uh you know all the details of lamb's uh you know get out of dodge uh emergency plan and so he's also pocketing that cash uh, presumably to appropriate appropriate it for his own getaway plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's there on the floor. What is that? Now, and then Lamb shows up eventually too, and they all kind of put things together. Uh, what what all do we know at this point from from the perspective of let's say from the perspective of Lamb? Well, at this point, I think he's surprised to see Moody there. He, you know, oh, by the way, the the first thing he does when he discovers Min and Luisa kind of hooking up, uh, he, he makes some really sharp quip about this can't be the best place for you to go for this. But my, I have this in my notes. I think this might be one of my favorite moments of the whole show. When he notices Moody dead on the floor, he just sighs. You know, like, like it was the most perfect, like facial expression from old men and just like perfect sigh. You know what I mean? And, and he like makes it like, he clearly knows they weren't there to kill Moody, you know? And he makes a quip. He was like, we, we know we weren't trying to kill him. Cause if you were, he wouldn't oh. be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I, but this is, I think the first time we get to see like the, the elite skill that, that lamb has 
you know, like it's kind of rumored and described, you know, because Tavner is like talking to Moody. He's just like, don't forget the guy you're watching, like threw himself in the shit and then survived. So uh, we actually get to witness him with his wheels turning, kind of put all the pieces together and then set up a plan. And then his, so he realizes one, well, he picks up the phone and either calls Tavner or she calls, but when he realizes it's Tavner is the one that he's working, Moody's working for, he's like, we need to talk. So he sets up a meeting with her. Um, he also tries to figure out how they're going to clean up. But before he like does anything, he kind of like goes over stuff in his head. He doesn't really tell you what he's thinking, but you could tell like, uh, you know, the, the lights on. Right. You know, um, uh-huh. and 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 then we get to see that unfold following his meeting with Tavner. And I, I, I don't know. It's it. I really like how gritty and grungy and like crappy this whole team is. And then, and then you see lamb, like, even though he kind of, you know, he's got holes in his socks and he like lives at his office and is just kind of a lush. He, he really does have that veteran skill. And, and despite being able, not knowing that Moody bugged him, you know, type of thing, you would be like, wow, this guy's useless, but no, you, you get to see him in action. And it was really cool. Sure. So when Lamb comes back to Slough House, uh, and I, I guess, like, I mean, maybe the only reason he was even away was to get Cartwright out of the hospital. How did he know Cartwright was in the hospital? How did he know Cartwright had been nabbed? Oh, didn't he say? he? You know, he's in, I forget, oh, he said it. Because Cartwright's like, how did you know I was here? I think it was because he knew that all of, what the hell is the name of their building? Uh, Regent's Park. He was like all of Regent's Park's nose, so I know. And and I came to make sure that well, I was keeping. T- I think he said I was keeping tabs on you to make sure you weren't doing anything as stupid that you did. And so, in keeping tabs on him, he was able to determine what had happened and found the hospital they were at. Right. Right. Yeah. But then what's this, then what's his motivation for rescuing Cartwright? And also, where did Cartwright go right after that? Like, why isn't he still with Lamb? I forget. Why he went after Cartwright? Yeah. Well, they're going to grill. uh, Regent's Park is going to grill him. Remember when he's driving Cartwright back to Slough House, he was like, I'm your commander. I'm going to give you your debrief. But um, Regent's Park is going to plan on picking up Cartwright to either pin it on Slough House as a, a complete failure or you know, grill him or whatever. So it behooves lamb for his own survival as well as survival is his losers, as he calls them um, to get to, to get the cart right first. Right. That, that's kind of yeah. what I, that's how I clocked it. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Okay. I'm just, I, I guess I'm still trying to put piece it into the bigger puzzle of like, there's something special about Cartwright in this whole situation that we're not being told, but keeps getting hinted at, you know, really the big twist at the end of episode two, I think was finding out that, uh, Sid wasn't assigned to Slough house as punishment. She was assigned there to keep tabs on Cartwright. Yeah. And then there's a question of how much lamb knows about that. And maybe to briefly skip to the very end of Episode four is when uh, Cartwright puts in, at least in his own head, something he's figured out is like, 
that one time where he tailed Taverner and there's like a myth about it or something uh. um, that he's realizing like that's some kind of connection when he has that memory of, of, you know, remembering that that might be important. He's like, Oh shit. And then he s- suddenly is fucking running somewhere. We don't yeah. know why yet. So like, we don't know. Uh, I guess by that, like, well, we know Taverner has a special interest in Cartwright, and that's why Sid was sent there. We don't know if Lamb was read in on Taverner's special interest in Cartwright. I, I would say no, because I think Cartwright tells him, but yeah, he could be pretending not to know, I guess. Right, and then they'd have to make up some story to sell to Lamb about like what like Lamb would have to think that there's some reason Sid was assigned there, other than to keep traps, tabs on Yeah. Okay. You said you've seen the whole show, so... I have. I'm just trying to hold in the big twist, because you... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much we want to discuss. I know I know what is a spoiler for 3 and 4, um, but I'm not quite sure if uh, if, if you want to get into one of the big twists of 3 no, and fine. 4 just, quite yet. Just, just tell me. It sounds like you're telling me, though, it doesn't factor into Lamb's rescue of Cartwright. You said, oh, the you big said, twist! No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I think, I think Lamb is rescuing Cartwright specifically to keep him away from Regent's Park. That way, he can continue. Like, I think it's a containment move, as well as like, you know, like as as much of a dick Lamb is to everybody at Slough House. You know, he says they're a bunch of losers, but they're my loser. You know, he 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 feels like a very very intense responsibility for their well being, on top of his own survival. You know, so to speak. Um, right. So it's. It, I think it's. I think it behooves him it just from his days in the Cold War at Berlin to look out for his. You know, his 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 sheep, so to speak. You know, like like tend to the flock. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, uh, just because of how bad shit can get. So, but yeah, no, there, I don't think there's a. Um, him picking up Cartwright. I don't. I don't think is relevant to like some of the bigger twists. There is. There is a. Um... You know, I think he's also like when mm, when occasion arises, I think he's not uh, obviously not shy about like teaching super harsh lessons. Like he criticizes Cartwright for riding in the ambulance with Sid, um, which makes oh, sense yeah. to me. Yeah, my thinking, you know, because that that you know that's how I mean that's how they got Cartwright, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but also, if like something if something has gone wrong in the mission, you know, and uh, Cartwright's like, like what the fuck? You wouldn't have done? You would have just left her? And he's like, fuck yeah, uh, <laughs> because honestly, you're not you're not contributing anything except right. you know emotional support to a dying woman. Which I mean, yeah, that's kind of important, but also in in the big game, like you gotta you got to separate yourself. You got to actually say like, you know, what, what, what's being accomplished here. And right now, right here, all that's being accomplished is now your flag just having been there. Right. Um, and if you hadn't ridden in the ambulance, everything's, you know, Sid still would have got to the hospital with or without you, but mm. you know, we, we would be able to tell, we would have more latitude in telling different stories about what happened if, you know, if, and when we need to. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I think it was like, I think it 
think it was like hours later or something, a significant amount of time passed before I forget exactly why I wrote this note, but some time has passed when they do something with Moody's gun. And I was like, I was like, fucking hey, like, why isn't this thing in a plastic bag at this point? Yeah. I think I was, I was like watching like someone pick it up and hand it to Lamb and have Lamb hand it to someone else. And I'm like, guys, fingerprints. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, it is registered under Regent's Park, so it would not look good, you know. And it is London, so I'm sure they're wearing gloves, right? I think I think they're generally wearing gloves. I don't. I I think. I mean, I don't remember the the scene precisely right now, but I, I think I would have been less freaked. I think I wouldn't have written it down if they were wearing gloves. Oh yeah, they were like barehanded, <laughs> just passing the gun around right. <laughs> in a way that that annoyed me. Um, when did when did this happen? Because uh, I just have the note. Uh, I'm going Moscow rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay. That's after he talks to Taverner. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on that. Um, I think now is when we should talk about uh, Larry, Moe and Curly and Zeppo. Um, are you aware that those are the guy's names? The kidnapper guys? No, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's they, they never say it in the show, but uh, it, you know, it's in the, it's in the wiki synopses. And also you can see it in the credits. Oh my god, that's hilarious! So Larry uh, Curly Moen, who? Uh, Zeppo <laughs> is is the other one. Uh, so for reference, it's um, uh, Mo is our mole guy, our super serious. Uh, you know, if if he Christine if Christina Ricci was a guy, and also <laughs> a fucking rabid uh, anti-Islamist. <laughs> and uh it's curly is the guy who gets beheaded at the end of this episode uh so larry and zeppo are the guy are the other guys in the car that are freaked out by what mo's going what wait mo is who gets beheaded curly curly gets beheaded all right pretty sure i hope i'm not fucking this up no and that's at the end of episode four? Oh no no, okay, no, I did flip it. I did flip it. I, I got it straight now. It's Mo is the guy who gets killed. Curly okay. is okay. our guy. The guy who it's... cuts okay, good. Cause uh yeah, episode three, it it's her... this really bugs me. I hate when shows do this, but they led us to believe that Curly is the inside guy for Tavner. And at the end of episode three, leading into episode four, we discover one of the big twists of this story is that Mo was actually the inside guy and Curly was actually contacting Simmons. And uh, I don't know if we talked about Simmons yet, but he's like the head of a psycho right wing group that is involved with the Sons of Albion, who's mm -hmm. also connected to that senator guy that um, – Hobner keeps trying to like reach out to and sure. talk to him. Right. So, uh, so let's just talk about, I, I, I just want to talk about these, uh, uh, this group of dudes. Um, 
I'll, I'll lay the table real quick, and then I want to ask what bugged you about this because I thought this was freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we have these we have these four uh, kidnapper dudes, and we know we've been told that one of them is Taverner's mole. And we see one of the kidnappers sending secret messages to someone. So we just, as an audience, assume like, oh, that's Taverner's Mole. Right. But then, surprise, there were, so like, it was, there were two, two moles in the operation. I, I don't know if I would call Curly a mole. Okay. He. He, he he was in contact with Simmons, but he was hiding a cell phone. And I think it's so they couldn't get um, traced. So okay. he would only pull out the phone. But they didn't know he was talking to Simmons. So he kind of is a mole, but he's not like a mole against them. He's like a mole with them. He's he's an anti-mole. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll go secretly, with <laughs> so like So, like, maybe when he got sent or maybe when he got um, – you know, he gets the information that there is a mole. Maybe he doesn't know which one of them it is at first. Yeah, right. Because uh, if he did, maybe he would have acted sooner. Right. Um, but for some reason, he is sending communications out. Presumably, you know, once we have that taste, we can presume he's secretly getting communications in. We don't know what those instructions are, what that information is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that the... I thought the misdirect... Uh, on Curly uh, was really fantastic and fun. You seemed like a minute ago you said there's something about the situation that really bugged you. Can you tell me what that is? Um, yeah, it really... I, I don't like when shows trick the audience. Like, mm-hmm. blatantly tricked. Like, when... Uh, like, I like when the audience is tricked through, like, here's a lot of different... Like, you know, like, you, you watch a a really good murder mystery. There's a lot of characters and everybody has a good motive, you know, you have to really pay attention. But when a show is like giving you a red herring that blatant, like, Hey, there's a mole. Here's the guy talking to someone. It must be him. That's the mole. They're like, Hey, actually we tricked you. There was no, you know, like he wasn't the mole. He's his other mole. Um, I, I like the fact that there's two quote unquote moles in the group. I I just didn't like. I, I I didn't feel like it was necessary for that trick, you know. I don't think like I didn't think it really accomplished anything, um, other than like oh ha ha ha, you you, you got tricked. You so know? let me ask. So okay. So um, I actually did like it. Um, yeah. So I want to ask you, there's there's a, a scene somewhere in this uh, couple episodes, I think it's like late in four or something, where they're all trying to book it, uh, where they do a very uh, strong misdirect where, you know, we see Ho in his apartment. Uh, it, I mean, at first it looks like he's watching homoerotic porn, but then it turns <laughs> out he's actually just uh, jacking off to photoshopping his own face. Onto, oh, no, he was uh, setting up dating profiles. Oh, okay. putting his face on like buff dudes. But yeah, it does look like he, yeah, yeah. He's clearly like got some issues, and and he's like super into himself. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, you know they do they do the big Silence of the Lambs misdirect there, where like someone's knocking on his door, and we can see someone knocking on his door, or we can see someone knocking on a door. 
And then we see him getting up to answer a door. And then when he opens the door, oh, it turns out there are two different doors. Oh, yeah. I, I, so that kind of a trick I like. You know what I mean? Which you're right. Yeah, th- this one I really liked. Because they, they do this often in stuff where you think, oh, and they set up the tension. Oh, they're going to get them. And then it turns out, oh, no, they got the wrong house. That's why I, I, I called it the Silence of the – do you remember that from Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that was great. <laughs> I, I will forever call that the Silence of the Lambs door knocking trick. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. That was great. Okay, so that's cool with you. All right. Oh, well, speaking of that, no, no, I have a note about that. Okay. Um, so basically, you know, Ho being a super hacker basically changed all his records so that his address, uh, Regent Park can't doesn't have his real address. Uh-huh. So the, 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 the dog that Regent Park sends goes to the wrong address and beats up this guy that has nothing to do with anything. But Cartwright gets to Ho's actual address. And I was like, how the hell did you find me? He's like, Lamb had your address. He's like, how the hell did Ho or Lamb have my address? He's like, he followed you home. He's like, when the fuck? And um, this isn't the only time we're going to get this from Ho. But I wanted to point out um, the the idea that if you focus too much on tech intelligence and lose track of, like, real hardcore human intelligence, like, you know, like in any discipline, the fundamentals never go away. I don't, I don't care how much technology changes or times change. The fundamentals will stay the same from now until forever. You know what I mean? And like the, the fact that he's so into himself and how good he is at hacking that he didn't even have basic counter surveillance to where like fucking lamb, this like old dog just like follows him home, like with basic, like human intelligence surveillance, like makes me so happy. And, and uh, this becomes a running theme later. So believe me, this is not the only time, but uh, this happened in, to us in world war two um, because we focus so much on signals intelligence that wow. we ended up um, uh, taking away um, funding from like human intelligence and like just basic raw, like old school fundamental intelligence and we, we had to catch back up um, throughout, like, a lot of the Cold War because we were a little bit behind because we were only like, oh, we just got to pick up radio signals and we're going to win every time. You know what I mean? Type of thing. And um, so I, I really liked this moment a lot. Uh, sorry for that side note. I, I just had to point that one out. That's all right. Um, but didn't didn't Cartwright also, like, identify – Ho's apartment by the fact that he was playing like this annoyingly <laughs> loud music. Yeah, he, he was, was like, playing oh, like yeah, jungle. That's... Yeah, he was playing right. like really old school jungle, like loud as shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's my that's my target. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I so I oh right. So it is in episode three then where uh we do have a a, a park bench. I think. Uh, yes, we is, do. This I, qualifies, right? A canal I, bench. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but like I would call that like a park, right? It's a public space. I mean, with a, with a bench. Kinda, they're kind of using it, you know. I mean, it's just they're not being observed there or whatever. But right. I'm, I'm going to count it. I'm going to count <laughs> yeah. it. So, so two park bench scenes in this show already. Yeah, love it. Um, and that is Taverner and Lamb meeting. And uh, who called? Who called the meeting? I don't. I don't uh, well, remember. when they found the phone on Moody, that's when uh, Lance oh. d- demanded a meeting from Tavner. He's got two phones on him, 
and one of them only has one phone number. Huh. <laughs> and it goes to Tefner. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 ring that up. Um and again, they are on a first name basis. They do know each other quite well. They have they have a past and a history. Uh and and it's a really good scene, I think, here with uh, you know, kind of like some verbal knives being flashed. Yeah threatened like toward each other um ultimately ultimately uh taverner is selling lamb the story that like this was all a setup like like basically we were like mo was my guy and mo was clearly like looked like the ringleader of of the group right Mm-hmm. And and maybe it looked like he had especially picked, uh, you know, somewhat incompetent patsies. And the whole idea always was that the Islamic kid uh, was going to get rescued. Right. Hassan. And it was a whole, like, psyops thing. Yeah, uh, this is where we discover the probably the biggest twist, but... Uh, Tavner planned this whole thing. Um, the Sons of Albion are a real group. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our guy, Mo, who's who's the mole, um, is involved uh, to make sure things don't go awry. Um, and the idea is that with this false flag, the uh, what were they going to do with that? I just realized, wait, what's the motivation of the false flag? Was it to make uh, the number one desk look really good? Um, it's to improve re- I think it's to drastically oh, improve that's relations, right. with, relations Pakistan. with Pakistan. That's right. That's right. That one, they'll get clout for oh, we, we stopped this huge hostage situation, so that's gonna look good for the department, especially for her boss. But let's not forget f- that Hassan is not just a random kid. He's right. actually He's the nephew of Pakistani military intelligence. Mm-hmm. So by rescuing him, they're going to get like even even the slightest of sway with Pakistan. That's right. Man, that's a big one. And then, of course, Lamb is like, really? All of this for that? What if what if they actually kill him? And she's like, well, that's why our guy is there, which clearly uh, doesn't play out as well as she planned. Right. So as far as I'm, I mean... Taking her at her at her word, that's the plan. Um right. now that it's gone or wait, has it how has it gone sideways so far? It uh, hasn't gone sideways yet from what when we're talking about. The only thing that's gone sideways that's become a problem and why she's having Slough House watch Hobner or is it Hob- Hobden, sorry. Hobden Accident. She she even admits it was bad tradecraft on my part. She was talking to I guess her husband or or somebody, and Hobden happened to overhear the conversation, and he overheard the plan for the false flag operation, which is why Hobden's been calling all these right wing news outlets and all of this stuff to get them to realize, hey, by the way, you know the the MI five is planning this fucking false flag operation and people are gonna die and because the the sons of Albion are involved those guys are gonna get killed in the raid 
So one, he's trying to fuck over the government that fucked him over, but he's also trying to like prevent like, you know, his uh, psycho racist brothers from being murdered. You know what I mean? Um, I got to so, slow you down. I got to slow you down there though, for a moment. Like uh, if, okay. So if Hobden, like if Hobden knows everything about her plan, then he would know that actually no one's going to get hurt. Just no, so no, no, no. The three sons, the, the sons of Albion are going to get shot in the raid. Okay. The, the, she already knows where it is. And by the way, I have a mark like mad plus spy points for her really pretending to look, to try and find the bad guys. Um, I, 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 I wanted to give her like mad werewolf points, I guess for that one. Oh, right, right, right. Cause she's really selling it. Um, but when she reveals the plan to lamb, um, the idea is that she already knows the house they're at. Um, she wants lamb to go knock on the door. Mo's going to see lamb's face because I guess lamb is like a celebrity in the intelligence world. And that's going to be his cue to secure the hostage and the raid will happen within like so much time and the sons of Albion will be slaughtered, you know, shot on sight and our inside guy and the hostage will get away like healthy and scot-free, which is not what happens. Right. <laughs> now on the surface, like now I'm going to put myself in the mind of lamb. Uh-huh. I'm going to hear all this. And in inside I'm saying bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. There's, there's a reason you are asking me to do this, to be the one that knocks on the door, which doesn't add up in my head. Right. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I know he puts up some resistance. I'm not sure he actually calls her out on that kind of bullshit. Like, I mean, this absolutely looks like you're, you know, setting me up for something. Well, um, he does point that out. And he's basically, fuck you. I'm not going to do it. And they basically have like a battle of the wits where they basically lay out what they would do if they don't do what they either want ask. So they kind of have dirt on each other, right? Type of thing. And, totally. and, and, and they just start playing their, the, instead of executing the battle, you know what I mean? It, it'd be like two generals sitting down before a battle and being like, Hey, let's try and work this out. Cause if we go to battle, I'm going to do this. And the other general goes, well, if we go to battle, I'm going to do this. And then the other ones, well, I'm going to do this. And it just ends up in a lot of bloodshed. So let's just try and figure this out. And and that's kind of what they do. Um, I, I don't remember the exact, because it's a lot. They're, they're just like dumping right. dirt on each other. Or I'm thinking like, like if two chess players sat down and one of them made like one move and the other made another move. And then instead of playing out the game, they just had a, conversation (laughs) about like well i know if i do this then you're gonna do this and if i do that and then you'll do this and blah blah and then you'll do that and then just instead of playing the game they just work out the entire rest of the game in their heads (laughs) yeah in conversation yeah yeah (laughs) you'll see this sometimes in martial arts movies where two masters face off and they don't fight and they just like have the fight in their heads and then they just walk away type of thing. I've seen that. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, like, like, yeah, but I, I like your chess match one. Like we'll make one move each and then we'll play out the rest of the game in a conversation. <laughs> Ultimately, it's the fact that she's got something on him related yeah. to Standish. Uh, Standish being like our, you know, kind of an Alice analog. 
Yeah. If, uh, you know, if you guys, if our audience remembers the character from the Ipcrest file, uh, movie and television show, only she's, she's not a badass. She's, she's kind of like a really timid, but very capable assistant. She gets her moment. Yeah, she does. She, she does get her moments, but you know, she's not like a German Nazi killing machine. That's just an old lady now, you know? She she's kind of got like this, uh, you know. She she takes all of like Lamb's abusive like comments, and even like him pouring her a drink, and she's like an alcoholic, you know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, totally different. I mean, different character, but you yeah. know, um, you know, uh, someone. I mean, she's got. I mean, she wouldn't be at Slough House if all her uh, skills were only pouring coffee and and pulling paperwork out of out of desks and putting it on her bosses like she's you know if 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 that's all you needed you don't i don't think you need to send them you don't need to send standish to slough house i i think like the idea in be uh, behind here is somehow like slough house is like this purgatory that like yeah. <laughs> eventually it's there's a there's a promise that you can get out of and get right. back to your career eventually. Right. Of course, she's the oldest of the bunch. Uh, I, I mean, well, I, I guess she seems like maybe a contemporary of Gary Oldman's character. Maybe older. So maybe she's not got that much of a career to come back to. But right. Um, well, she was married to this guy, Charles, that killed himself. Uh-huh. There's there's a history with Lamb and Standish and this guy Charles that was her husband, mm-hmm. and I'm and and I'm guessing she's in Slough House because she's an alcoholic, but I don't I don't I don't I don't know. Right, but what I'm saying is like I think she's also not just in Slough House. Like you don't just say like oh you know at MI five we have this one alcoholic secretary let's send her to Slough House. No, you just fire that person. Right. Like, I think you only send someone to Slough House if they're like, hey, maybe someday if they right. put in their time, their six, eight, 10, 12 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, eventually they're redeemable. They're, there's something useful there. So I like to think that uh, Standish has some some kind of set of skills or at least at least a set of stones. Yeah. Uh, which she shows off uh, not as amazingly as Alice in Ipcrest file, but yeah. <laughs> it's still when she does like it further cements my total desire to see the Alice show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want that so bad right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's one of my big takeaways from, from seeing this show is like, this is further evidence that like uh, this kind of character would be just a great, great like centerpiece character oh yeah yeah yeah. for some kind of spy story (laughs) um that i would be a hundred percent on board with so but the point is that um you're gonna remind her uh, me of her name again diana oh tavner tavner that's her final leverage that for some reason he can't resist like okay yeah I'll do it. But he also, he also has his like, you know, counters like his, his, uh, I'll accept your offer, but you're also throwing this and this and this into it. Yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, all the files and also like immunity for all my 
fuck ups. Like you said, like uh, they might be losers, but they're my losers, right? <laughs> which is something he's willing to admit to her. Uh, you know his uh, protective nature oh. over his little stable of slow horses, but he'll never let them know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? No. 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 <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't think he ever shows any affection to any of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he he does not he does not waver, uh, and he and he doesn't show any any weakness or any sign of affection uh, whatsoever, which is kind of fun. Um, I think I think in the final analysis when we get to it on the show, I'm going to call that a little bit fantastical, but I do love it. It's it's going to be a huge plus in my star rating for the show. Mm-hmm. It might be a slight minus on my uh, um, actual tradecraft uh, park bench rating for the show but we'll get there next episode uh for right now i did want to mention okay so now that he's on the case he's gonna do it uh i forget who it is someone says like are you are you taking gun he's like yeah i'm, I'm fucking going moscow rules now <laughs> uh which again quick call back to uh our friend stock did I finally get it right on the first try? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Colonel Stock, Moscow rules. Bring a yeah. fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moscow rules say if you don't bring if you don't bring gun, you're not playing like serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. I'm you insulted. Bring, you didn't I'm bring insult- a gun. <laughs> I'm insulted. Am I not a threat? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right so then uh but you know they they well i guess they they don't get the knock they were expecting they then instead they find a kind of a slaughterhouse they find a super bad situation this is what in a fiasco movie or in the the rules of the game of fiasco has been described to me as this is the tilt uh, this is the tilt. This is the super surprising thing. This is the thing that changes everything when they find not the head they were expecting, but a different guy's head. Yeah. And we've already talked about like why it is that it's that guy uh, whose head is on the table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any, uh, do you have any issues with uh, the fact that Curly could like that he did this? Uh, not that he did it, but I don't think it's possible to clean cut off a head like that with an axe. Uh, I, I I don't think it's, I, I don't know. But I, I guess in a movie, you think, oh, they're going to chop his head off with an axe. But the I don't, I don't buy that. But the idea is that he had been corresponding with Simmons, uh, who is also talking to James Webb, who is now talking to Hobden. Um and so Hobden relayed the information to Simmons that there's a traitor and uh, our, our boy Curly, or not our boy, but uh, the psycho kid Curly, uh, I guess, deduced which one it was. And then he just like cuts his head off and and takes over the whole operation, mm-hmm. um, which fucks a lot of shit up. So when Lim... And our slow horses discover the the decapitated 
uh, mole um, and the three sons of Albion and the hostage missing immediately lamb goes into like decontamination mode and we're going dark guys. Cause they're going to try and pin this on us, you know, which I don't think that was Tavner's plan. I think Tavner's plan was everything was going to go smooth and it oh, would work out. Right. And, and now that she everything didn't, she didn't know about Curly. Right. Then he was talking to Simmons. Right. And so mm. now that everything's gone to shit, her op is fucked. She's not going to take the blame or let, you know, the first desk take the blame. So she's going to put it on the slow horses that they were working with Mo the whole time that they had met together and blah, blah, blah. And they were involved in this whole thing themselves. And so she's going to try and like throw them under the bus for this whole fuck up because they're already fuck ups anyway. You know what? They're easy, easy targets, you know? So that's what I was talking about, like, initially, uh, you know, in, in our last episode where, you know, I felt like the, the very easy twist would be like, oh, the whole reason she ran this operation through Slough House was so that she could pin it on them. Mm-hmm. And that that would have been very disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, it's it's gotten twistier than that. Like, however, like in and I'll accept that, totally accept that if that wasn't the initial plan, but now it's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not? I think they put the, the slow horses on Hobden mainly cause he was kind of a has been type of thing. And if anything went wrong, she could always throw them under the butt. I think, I, I think, I think that was always kind of her, like, you know, emergency exit plan uh, was, it was to kind of distance herself from the op. Um, but as soon as things went really south, she was like, oh, yeah, the, I'm pinning this on them. Like, Slough House is going down for this. There's no way I'm going down for this type of thing. Right. So um, episode four, I think just like things unfold. Information is is being doled out to the audience and to different characters. But essentially, uh, you know, uh, throw in anything that I'm missing here. But I think. Episode four's whole story is basically, uh, on one hand, uh, Curly, Larry, and Zeppo are are making a new plan, yeah, of some kind. Well, I think Curly um, is the now the leader, and he's making up a whole new plan, right? Um, Slowhouse under Lamb needs to scatter. But not not just scatter, but also because some of their members are still out there ignorant of, like, what's going down. Like, we need to grab them right. and, and let them know what's going on. And then uh, Taverner's boss has been made aware that some shit is going down and she's coming home. So it's yeah. another she <laughs> situation because Taverner is what we call or what the show calls the second desk at MI5. Like she's in charge while her boss is away, but now her boss is coming home. Yeah. Um, She's what they would call the first desk, but I I guess her title's director general of the security service. Yeah. Well, I think she's supposed to be the head of MI5. That's my, that, that was that, that's my read on it. I, I, uh, not a hundred percent sure, but uh, I think those 
those three stories, uh, it, it, you know, if, if what I want to do is check in with you on whether or not, like, if we talk about those three stories, do you think we can cover everything? The Cur- uh, Curly, uh-huh. basically Curly, Lamb, and Tavener. Uh-huh. Could, could we, could, if we covered those three story oh, absolutely. lines, do you think absolutely? Okay. Yeah. So I think we could. I don't think, I think Hobden has a storyline. He's just kind of a prick, and and kind of a catalyst. You know, he, he sure. Yeah, I don't think he really has much of a storyline. I think those are the three main storylines. Well, I mean, it's let's let's mention then, uh, really quick uh, first before we go into the three uh, principles. You know uh, what happens with Hobden is he finally like make forces his way into. Being able to talk to who exactly? James this, Webb. This, um, not no, not James Webb. James oh. Webb is uh, is Cartwright's nemesis. Uh, he's the blue shirt, white, white, blue shirt, white. Oh, that's right. Oh guy. no, no, yeah, he's the HR of MI five, is what Cartwright calls him. What the hell is that guy's name? He's like a like a anag- analogous to like a senator here. The rich politician. Oh, oh Peter Judd. That's right. His name's Peter Judd. Yeah. Uh, what the hell is his title? Peter Judd. I don't. I don't. I, Peter Judd MP. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I think it would be analogous to like a senator here, right? Isn't that what? He Some means? something like that. He's someone. It seems to me that like, uh, you know, whatever his particular position is in the British government, he does have one. He's on TV a lot. You know, he's got a very public persona that he needs to uh, protect. And he also seems like someone that, uh, whether or not, you know, it's valid or not, like might have his eyes on the prime ministership sometime in the future of his career. So let's just say, let's just call him the ambitious politician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Hobden, Hobden manages to, you know, uh, actually get an audience with him. Uh, even though like all of Hopton's old journalist friends are saying like, Oh no, you're fucking toxic. We can't talk to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically also get shut down like really hard. Although, but uh, our ambitious politician seems to gain a lot of information about this. And I don't yet know what ambitious politicians connection to any of this stuff is. Uh, but it seems to me like this scene or this sequence of scenes of Hobden and ambitious politician wouldn't exist unless there's some kind of importance to them. Right. And the importance is the connection between the sons of Albion. Um, like uh, I, I see Hobden as kind of like, because he's discovered that the false foot, you know, every, every good spy story or conspiracy story, you're like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, corruption type of stuff. There's always going to be like a guy that figured out something that he shouldn't have, you know, and that's mm-hmm. Hobden. He, he learned about the false flag op and he's trying to reach out to all his right wing buddies and outlets that, uh, by the way, there's this false flag op going on. Uh, we're going to lose some of our racist brothers and uh, fuck the government, you know, type of thing. Um, that's that's his his prerogative is I think that's his, he's just there to be a catalyst. So that's the first, like, I guess, hurdle for Tavner's plan. 
but the fact that Curly goes rogue and cuts off Moe's head is is the that's the second hurdle in the plan. And that's what really sets up the big story is is oh, we're gonna pin this on on Slough House and and Slough House basically has to survive. Um, I guess I and- just wanted to ask the question like what is ambitious politicians win condition here? Uh, all that I see on paper or all that I noticed oh. is he just wants Hobden to shut up. Yeah, because Hobden has dirt on him. There's a picture of him with with Simmons, I guess, and Simmons oh. is Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's what Hobden threatens. He's like, Look, look, I don't want to threaten you with anything, but like we need to do this to save this or whatever, you know. And and that's why uh uh, what's his name? Judd is is like actually even considering talking to Hobden at this point because he's got dirt on him. Okay, so we don't think that right now we don't. Oh, you said his name a second ago, Judd. Yeah, uh, like Judd. we don't think Judd is connected to any of this. I mean, he's he's like a right wing politician who has connections to some unsavory groups, and one of those would be Simmons. Who Simmons is a very well known, very well connected uh, right wing extremist leader type, and and one of those connections is the Sons of Albion. So I think okay, he just so wants Simmons, to- Simmons is not a like a prominent like um, as like he's not as prominent or respectable a person as Judd. Simmons is like a shadow figure. I'm not sure if we Simmons, Simmons is like a well-known extremist type guy. He's the one that's in contact with the sons of Albion. Right. Um, so like, maybe he's the kind of guy like a, like a, um, who was that? Who was that one guy? Uh, the KKK guy that, you know, actually ran for president a couple times. Uh, you don't remember his name. I don't know either. Um, but like one of those guys, like, you know, yeah, he might've like, uh, you know, had some interviews here or there, like been on TV, but he's not like uh, issuing press statements like from right a, a political office, right? right or right. is he a com- is he a total shadow figure? I don't think they get into too much detail with him, but I know okay. Peter Judd is aspiring to be. He is a politician and wants to keep that position in politics. So this dirt on him being connected to Simmons is a big stain for him. And if that information gets out, which is what Hobden is threatening, it'll hurt his political aspirations. So, yeah, I think you have it right that uh, that Simmons might be that like that guy that ran for president. Like he, he's just a well-known member of organizations that are not uh, kosher as far as British government is concerned. Right. Okay, so I do want to move on, but I'll just put my final pin on, like, I just, like, I don't understand why these scenes with Hobden and Judd exist, unless they're going somewhere. Um, oh, I yeah. where they're going to go. Uh, so stuff from five it. and six, yeah. Okay, so I'll yeah. leave it there. I'll leave yeah. it there. Yeah. And then I think, uh, I think we could pretty quickly get through, uh, let's see, who's left in the, who's left in the... Let's see, it's Mo that's dead. So Larry, Curly, and Zeppo. Oh. Um, I don't know. They're off to... They, it just seems like uh, the plan changes a lot. You know, like they're... You know, on one hand, uh, Curly's like... I don't know. The, the idea, like... 
that we were never going to kill him. It's just like this fucking dirty MI5 guy got into our group. And so he had to be made an example of, and that's good enough for me. But then, uh, then they kind of also make a plan like, well, we'll just drop the, the Hassan kid off. And then it's when Curly hears the guy, uh, I don't know if it's Larry or Zeppo. Could, I, they're interchangeable as far as I can tell. Uh, say that he's sorry about what happened, that, like, Curly gets really mad again. And, like, yeah. fucking sorry? Like, I'll yeah. show you fucking sorry, dude. Yeah. We are, <laughs> all right, fuck this. We are going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, a lot of that else? plan was, I don't think any of that was really planned out. Like, he realizes there's a traitor. He's going to kill the traitor. Now they're stuck in a situation where they got to get the fuck out of Dodge. So I think all of this is kind of like on the fly and this dude just killed somebody and he wants to be a true believer. And that I think was established with his arguments with Mo because Mo is like, have you ever killed anybody? Yeah. Well, I was a soldier. I actually killed people, blah, 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 you know, all this other stuff. So it's kind of like, I can see him just being an unstable character and this kind of so much going on the fly and he's not thinking clearly. He's just kind of, making decisions as they come, you know? Right. And, and so like at this point, like a clear, uh, a clearer thinking version of Curly might be like calling up Simmons. Like, you know, he has been contacting Simmons apparently. Well, Simmons had told him to run. They find that out later and they bitch out Curly that they thought Simmons had told them to go. But uh, Simmons' orders was just let the hostage go and get the fuck out of there. Okay. Okay. So Curly's off the reservation. He's yeah, off Curly's the, going the full rogue right now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, so with that being done, uh, Taverner, I suppose. Um, what's going on with her? I mean, she's. I mean, she's basically it. Let's see. I'm trying to think of the analog here. Uh, it's. I don't know. Mama's coming home. And when she comes home, <laughs> she's going to find that the house is dirty and that you've been throwing a fucking party that was not approved by mama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. And um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean, she sends. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Well, OK. So while and we'll get to like uh, and this is why Lamb smartly wants to grab all of his agents and get them off the board because he knows Taverner's going after all of his agents as well. And she does manage to grab one of them. Our pub quiz guy. uh Uh-huh. Before he can get to him. Uh, You want to take that one a bit? Struin is his name. Yeah. Uh, She grills the fuck out of him. Uh, I, I really liked watching this because Struin is such a like easily like swayed guy. He's not really picking up on what's going on. She's trying to get him to confess to something that didn't happen. And she's basically dangling. Hey, wait a minute. You haven't told your wife and kids that you got fired. Have you? You haven't told your wife and kids that this has been going on and this has been going on. You didn't tell them that you were being brought in to be arrested. You told them you had to come to work, didn't you? Well, what if I told you you could have your position back at Regent's Park? 
You know, I just need you to tell me, did you ever see uh, Lamb with, uh, I forgot the, it's Mo. We'll just call him Mo. Uh, but she uses his real name. Did you ever see him with Mo? And he's like, no, I don't, I, I don't think I did. You know, like he's, he's so oblivious and so like innocent to what's going on. He's just being honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's not until she's like, well, clearly you're not helpful. Oh, by the way, Standish just got brought in. She would be more helpful till he realizes, oh, she wants me to lie. You know, like the light bulb goes off. Oh, she's asking me to lie about Lamb so that I could get my job back. And that's exactly what he does. He's like, oh, you know what? I kind of remember them seeing each other. I just don't remember what date. If you could help me grill my brain, I'll remember the date and time for you. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so funny the way she kind of talks to him. And it's like, it's it's just like child's play for her. You know what I mean? Because this guy is like such a pushover. Right. Well, he's not just a pushover, but this is a guy that it's been established. And this is so brilliant about the show. This is the perfect guy because this is the guy that cannot understand social cues. He's got <laughs> he's got a low level of empathy. Not and by empathy, I don't mean that uh, you know he doesn't care about people. I mean like he can't like he can't read the room. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's and and that's been established. So so he's got really like no idea what's going on in that in this confused state. Uh, yeah, he's he's the perfect, uh, perfect you know uh, manip- manipulation target. Yeah, <laughs> it's just pretty funny that he doesn't pick up on what's going on. Right, like, and yeah, and isn't he the one that sent the inappropriate email? Oh yeah, that's the why he's in slow house. Uh, said in the inappropriate, right. and he was like, it was like it was supposed to be a joke. He made a like a joke about like oh someone. <laughs> Some politician wearing a hijab. No, 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 no. It's the head of MI5. It's it's the first desk. (laughs) She had like a shawl and he was basically calling her a terrorist (laughs) on company email. But he just thought like, he just thought like, hey, isn't that funny? And dude, (laughs) I sympathize. I have, I have, I have low empathy myself. I I have, have a very strong inability to read the room. And uh, I've sent I've sent some emails that I thought was funny, uh, and and been strongly told like that is not funny <laughs> because I just yeah I just didn't I just didn't get it. Um, so yeah, yeah. So so that's her play to make sure that Lamb is going to take the fall. Um, and then and then that also speeds in I think to like this this confusion about like what's going on is something we see in a lot of spy movies and a lot of spy stories. And, and I feel like, uh, let's see, I don't want to phrase this. There's a whole lot of characters in this story that each of them has like a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And, and, I've not seen that before. Like compare it to just a straight up like fucking James Bond movie where like, I don't know. We don't know where the volcano base is. Eventually we'll find out and then we'll, you know, get captured and then the villain will explain the plan. Like there's, 
there's there's a mystery that we kind of are as an audience we're kind of fed like this is the mystery this is what we know and this is what we don't know but in this show what i love about it so much is everyone including that guy including taverner including that poor guy that is in taverner's interrogation room including lamb including cartwright including uh standish if i've got her name right including ho like nobody nobody really knows what's going on everyone's got different pieces of the puzzle and that's where I want to get into like why I love this whole scramble and why I just really was just riding hard for this show and cheering for it in this whole, you know, uh, okay. Everything just fucking exploded (laughs) and it's going crazy. And who do we, who do you trust? Like lambs telling, like take any single character and ask them who do you trust and they all will have like a eh, eh, can i can i get a can i get a lifeline right kind of situation <laughs> you know what i'm talking about absolutely yeah <laughs> like no, how much, I, how, much do you trust, like... how much do you trust lamb at this point like pick any character uh just pick one at random real quick Oh, I, I think I trust Lamb the most. He seems to be like the, the like, you know, uh, doing what's right type of thing, but he's just kind of a dick to everybody. Sure, you know? but why? But he's like the hardened veteran, you know. If 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 I was to pick a team, I would definitely be on Team Lamb. I, I don't care how much of a loser he looks like. He just – he has that but just he, like mountain man. Like he's, like he's like the intelligence mountain man. You know, if, if I wanted to go off grid, I want I want to be with Lamb. I'll take Min and Luisa, for example. Like, you yeah. know, he's he's suddenly like barking orders. Like, why why am I sure that this guy who's just been nothing but an absolute fucking asshole to me my entire you know experience? Oh, with him, that's what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Like, why you know should I trust him? Like, maybe yeah. he's maybe this is a play. If I trust, like. The more uh, respect I have for his um, tradecraft, the more I might be worried that, like, whatever instructions he's giving me, which he's shouting out a lot of instructions to different people, saying, you go here, you go there, we'll all meet up here, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, like, is, am I the... At any point, like, I've got to be terrified thinking, like, am I the fucking patsy? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I the one that is going to, like, take the fall for all this? Right. Think about, like, Min and Luisa. I yeah. think they have that conversation, too. Like, while they're on their way to uh, going where Lamb told them to do. And, and I think they come up with the conclusion, like, look, we'll show up at the breakpoint. If we don't see Lamb there right away, then we're fucking out. Yeah. You know? Like, fuck, fuck him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's all... I think like everyone in Slough House at this point has got to be wondering like who is actually looking out for me, and if it's not you, then maybe it needs to be me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I need, need to start to looking out for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. What about Smee? Who's Smee? Smee's me. <laughs> I thought I 
I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, I love it. I, yeah, no, I, I love everything about this show. I don't know how much detail to go into on that. I, I don't think I really need to, unless you have any uh, to throw in. I think I get out of here by just, uh, you know, underlining that that is my yeah, hyper excitement level about this show right now. Absolutely. You, know, there's like, a, you go, you go. There's just a couple little tiny pieces of tradecraft I wanted to point out. Um, before Lamb knocks on the door, he spots a cat and stops to pet the cat uh, and takes that time to observe everything around him. I, I really, really liked that because it gives him a reason to be standing, just standing in one place and looking around. I got um, Wait, I got to tell you, I underlined that one myself. That actually felt to me so much like what I would do. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if I could find a stray cat or dog or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But anything to give me an opportunity to stop and look, mm-hmm. uh, especially before knocking on a door full of like right wing extremists with like a hostage. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I, I definitely was. Yeah, I, I liked that. Um, uh, after they find out the heads cut off, he immediately is like, everybody, give me your cell phones. We're going dark. I liked that um, when Cartwright needed a car. Um, and Ho couldn't uh-huh. break in. He takes that guy's keys that has the Mercedes. He's like, I'm going analog for this one. He he uses a soda can to, because the guy puts the keys on top of the, you know, and people do this all the time. Like I do this at the liquor store and I need to stop doing it now that I've seen this. Um, you know, you, you, you get out of your car, you hold on to your keys and you're at the counter. You put your keys down to get your wallet out. You know, and so this guy's got his Mercedes keys and he puts it. It's like one of those higher counter counters that are up to your head where they make sandwiches and shit. So he puts his keys on top. So what Cartwright does is grab like a Pepsi and then puts the Pepsi right next to the keys and goes, here, I'll get this drink. And that way he could grab the keys and the drink and then he takes off and the guy doesn't notice. I I just wanted to highlight that. Cartwright's um, got moves. Yeah, he's definitely got some moves. So, so you know, it's like like we, we discussed this in the first couple episodes. It's kind of hard to discuss the tradecraft on this because most of the tradecraft is very quick and, like, small, you know? It's this bigger chess game of the show that makes makes the intelligence of the show so interesting. Um, so I, I just wanted to make sure we get to point out these little ones, you know what I cool. mean? But, yeah, and go ahead thank, with what you're thank, saying. Thank you for bringing me in. Uh, I got, I got another, I got another few. Oh uh, yeah. 20, 20, tw- dude, 20 for the hat. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, when he, from the homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right. I totally forgot about that. That was good. Um, da, 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 da. uh, booking six flights. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew that they would catch him on CCTV cause it was like a public computer, right? I don't know about that. All I know is like, you know, I've just seen so many shows where they, you know, the 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 big born supremacy kind of like machine, you yeah. know, in their in their hyper tower of like, you know, Apollo Apollo sixteen, uh, fucking like command center, you know, and they can see everything. It's like, oh, you just booked a flight to blah blah, and then a flight to blah blah, and then like, oh well, oh, he just booked a flight to here. And they're like, great, we got him. Oh, 
Well, he also booked a flight to here, 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 here. <laughs> Never seen it before. I love it. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Buy those plane tickets. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, uh, okay, I got one more. Oh, one more, and this is not... This is not tradecraft, but this is just a tiny moment, which I really appreciated, which is, uh, okay, so Cartwright has gone to visit Sid in the hospital, and now he's being chased by one of the dogs, and as part of his escape, he uh, ducks into an elevator. There's a, uh, I don't, I don't want to say nurse. Oh, could be. Yeah, it was like a nurse and a lady in a bed that she, they're just moving them. It was like a guy nurse. And, right. And the lady in the bed. Yeah, Hos- that he's moving Hospital staff. A yeah. member of the yeah. hospital staff and a patient. Yeah. And he, and he just asks them, like, routine or emergency? And the guy says, routine. He says, thank you. Boom, stops the elevator. He would, <laughs> if it was an emergency, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Like yeah. if it was like if she was being transported to an emergency situation, he wasn't gonna put her at risk right. to to aid <laughs> his own escape. But as right. soon as he found out, like no, she's okay. You know, she's just being transferred between wards. He's like, okay, awesome. In that case, yeah. I can absolutely stop this elevator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a cool little detail. And also, like I don't know, I love I, I like River Cartwright so much. I do. Oh no, no, he's a great character. Everybody, I think, I think every character on this show is so perfectly, I guess, established because they they really fill that character, that personality they are. You know what I mean? I like the, I like the and, bad guys too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know the yeah. quote unquote, even the quote unquote bad guys like, uh, like uh, uh, Cartwright's nemesis. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, I love to hate him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't need to see him like punched in the face, and uh, you know, totally discredited. At, you know, in like a end of end of Die Hard, right? In a way, like when the reporter, like when when John McClane's wife, like smacks him in the face. I hope I didn't go too far off the reservation there, but like, but I I like him in that super slimy kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. He's fun. This character, this this show is all about like strongly sketching a large number of characters very well, so that like even just in a moment or a, or a couple scenes, I mean, there was, uh, you know, like when the two characters, uh, you know, the black chick and and the one guy. Uh, Mina and Min, Louisa. Min Mina and Louisa, Louisa. Yeah. like yeah. where they where they got a scene in season, in episode two near the mm-hmm. end of it of them having a beer together. I was like, what What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> it turns out to be important, and yeah. and you can do these like nice like just moments of like you know it only takes a little if you're a really good writer, and I think this yeah. show is very brilliantly written. Yeah. in this way that it only takes like one or two scenes and only like maybe five to eight lines of dialogue to let me know as the audience, like who this person is. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I know who everybody is. 
I don't necessarily know what they're thinking or what they're doing or what they want, but I know who they are. All yeah. of them. And when I say all of them, I, I think there's like 20 fucking characters. I know yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely loving this show. Get me off my horse. Yeah. And uh, help me take it home. Let's get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Well, that was episode three and four. Next week, we're going to do episode five and six. Uh, if you still haven't listened to us uh, talk about one and two, go back and watch that. Um, you find all our episodes on your favorite podcast app. Just search Spies Like Us podcast. And let us know if there's anything you want us to do or you know, tell us you love us or you hate us. You can tweet us at spies underscore like us or facebook.com slash spies like us podcast. Uh, and we'll join you next week for episode five and six. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net.